crazy Aunt Susie may not be so crazy. Frustrated with your pain or injury? That sucks, but I'm here to help. Hi, my name is Denise DeShetler and I'm a body worker and educator. Why is it so hard to find the care we need to feel better? Most of my clients have asked that question for years until we started working together. Now I'm gonna help you find those answers. I'll explore different health disciplines and chat with talented practitioners. We'll share our insights and practical advice to help you get the results you need to feel good again. Because seeking the right care for your health can be a pain in the arse. But with me, your wellness journey will turn into a fun-filled adventure. Buckle up, baby, for the Passionate Health Advocate Show. Welcome, listeners, and thanks for joining. I'm happy you're here. We are going to explore medical intervention that only about 10% of the U.S. population actually use. Let's buckle up. Welcome to the land of chiropractic. We are searching for Dr. Scott Hoare, is the founder of the Mobility for Life, a company that helps you get out of pain and improve your overall physical health. He practices in Alcoa, Tennessee, and is a little too excited about movement and kettlebells. Is that you? That's me. Welcome to the land of chiropractic. Well, thank you. We are excited to be here, excited to talk with you, and want to learn more about this place. Awesome, Denise. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. So can you tell us how you landed here? Oh, yeah, sure. So my name is Dr. Scott Hoare, so that whole last name is going to, you know, uh, raise some eyebrows, but uh, <laughs> it is pronounced exactly like you said. It's spelled H-O-A-R, but it is uh, pronounced Hoare like, you know, that other way. Um, but yeah, uh, how, how I landed here was, I remember being a kid, probably seven, eight, nine years old, something like that. And I loved playing sports growing up. And I was at a family reunion and we had all these, all these whores in the living room chit-chatting with each other. And they were, they were ragging on each other because basically the joke was after the age of 40, if you're a whore, you can't stand up straight anymore because everybody had low back issues. Everybody had surgeries. My grandfather was in a, a you know, he was handicapped. He was using the, uh, the cane and everybody was just ragging on uh, that whole thing. So I'm eight years old. I'm watching this and I'm just horrified knowing, okay, right. these, you know, these are my genetics. This is apparently, this is my future. And then um, I was a, I was a big baseball player and I played in high school and college and I started running into my own low back issues. And I remember thinking like, well, this is the way it is. You know, these are the cards I was dealt. We all have bad backs. And you know, I went to the orthopedic surgeon. He said, hey, nothing's wrong. Went to the primary care physician. He said, oh, well, you know, baseball is probably not your sport. And, you know, that was the wrong answer. Uh-huh. Um, let's see. Physical therapist just kind of rubbed an ultrasound uh, uh, rod on, on my low back and, you know, didn't really make a lasting difference. So I just thought this was how it was going to be. So the athletic trainer at my school at Radford University said, Hey, you know, why don't you schedule an appointment with uh, the chiropractor? He, uh, she comes in and treats the athletes once a week. So I said, sure, you know, I'll try anything. 
And she was able to feel how my low back and, and hips and pelvis just were not moving correctly. And she fixed it. And, and she laid me on my side and did a manipulation. And I just remember walking into that room, bent over and, and feeling awful about my body and how I was feeling and all that sort of stuff. And I walked out of that room feeling like a million bucks. And it's like the world of possibility came right back to a, a healthy frame. And I went and I changed my major the next day to wow. sports medicine because I knew I wanted to do that. I wanted to have people walk into my room, feel a certain way and walk out of my room feeling a completely different way. So that's how I got to the land of chiropractic, as you say. Wow, that is an amazing story. I mean, talk about life changing in one session, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so you switched your major and now you're a chiropractor. And so what is the type of chiropractic work that you do now? Well, I guess you would call me a movement-based chiropractor. So what I'm big on is, is, is analyzing our movement patterns and seeing, hey, what's not so great about our movement? So if we're talking about, say, low back pain, because you know that is the most common patient that a chiropractor sees, we want to see how well do you stay neutral with your spine? How how flexible are your hips? How well can you rotate your hips or your thoracic spine as it relates to the stresses on the back? And if I'm, if I'm seeing any abnormalities, then we want to correct that. And chiropractic, basically, we're awesome at, at honing in on any imbalances in the body and then making a, a reduction on those imbalances. And it leaves you with this window of time where your body is just way more balanced. And during that window of time, we're going to do some corrective exercises, I call them, or basically ways to kind of reboot your system, your software, as far as how you control and move your body to improve your overall posture and movement so that not only did we uh, get you out of pain through whatever uh, manipulations or manual treatment, but we're actually going to leave you with lasting improvements in your physical health through the corrective uh, exercises. Nice. Okay. So you got the adjustments and then also the physical movements to continue with that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So for those listening, not everybody has ever experienced a chiropractic care or not really know exactly what is chiropractic care. What's kind of like an overall definition of people kind of understand this modality versus like physical therapy, for example. So chiropractic is, is, Gosh, it's not all that different from physical therapy, I guess you could say. Uh, it's just, it's an ally, or I'm sorry, it's an alternative healthcare model. So physical therapy is a little bit more of what we call an allied healthcare model. So kind of mainstream medical, uh, most physical therapy schools are paired with medical schools, and that sort of thing. And a chiropractic uh, education goes, it's from a chiropractic school. So that is a private institution, uh, that it's its own thing, and it's not typically paired with a medical school. And so you would call it alternative healthcare. But basically, most chiropractors, they do a combination of manual therapies. Some of those are spinal and then non-spinal manipulations and adjustments. And then they do other therapies with it. Sometimes those are exercises. Sometimes there are uh, fancy uh, machines like traction uh, machines, as well as electric muscle stimulation, ultrasound, uh, cold lasers, and there's a number of uh, 
uh, different passive modalities that we're using these days. And really, you know, physical therapists use those same um, number of tools. Chiropractors just tend to be a little bit more manual therapy based. And I would say physical therapists tend to be a little bit more exercise based. But we, mm. we certainly use a combination of, of all those tools uh, above. It's just, it's up to each practitioner and each uh, clinic to, to make their own decisions on what they feel is best for their patients. Okay. So then would you say, because I know a lot of people, if they think about chiropractic care, they, it, they always just think of the spine. Are you more focused on nerves or with, with chiropractic care? Oh, 110%. Um, I'm, I'm focused on nerves because um, what controls uh, muscles, Denise? What control, the nerves. There you go. What controls your posture? Well, our nervous system. There you go. Our, our nervous system, our, our proprioception, our control. So do I do manual therapy to muscles and soft tissues? 100%. I, I'm certified in what they call active release technique. So I'm a big believer in soft tissue uh, treatment. Uh, I'm also a big believer in uh, manipulation-based, which tends to be more for the joint, where you're stimulating a joint, whether it's spine or shoulder or knee or you know whatever foot. We do a lot of feet but you're stimulating the joint in order to get kind of a reset button effect mm -hmm. on the nerves that control the area. So if I decide, hey, your low back is, uh, is obviously it's in pain and you're not doing well, I'll evaluate uh, some of the different nerve roots in the area. And how I evaluate the nerve roots is I'll check hip flexion uh, manual muscle testing. So hip flexion manual muscle testing, uh, just to jump into jargon world, is about the L2, L3 vertebrae and nerve roots. And then we'll check that out. If that's inadequate, then I will actually manipulate the L2 or L3 vertebrae and stimulating those joints with that quick manipulation presses kind of a, a reset button effect on the neurological control of that area. So it leads to improved stability and control. And you'll actually go back and test that hip flexion and it'll be stronger afterwards. Okay, because so, you've hit the reset button. There you go. So we're impacting the nerves. We're impacting the joints. We're impacting the, the muscles. It's all, it's all part of the same thing. Obviously, if we have a low back that's in pain, lots of things probably aren't working correctly. Okay. Well, thank you for giving us a better understanding of more specific chiropractic care and what you focus on. Um, I wanted to know, I'm hearing a lot of times people say, okay, once I go to a chiropractor, I feel like I always have to go back. What do you say when people are talking about, they feel like if they, once they start doing this work, they feel like they can't ever stop. I, you know what? I feel the same way about the dentist. <laughs> Good response. Okay. As, so do you want to speak more on that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, with the dentist, you learn, <laughs> you learn, oh man, this is going to require ongoing maintenance and attention. I have to brush my teeth. I have to floss. I have to stay away from sugary foods. And, and no matter how good of a cleaning my dentist or dental hygienist gives me on any given day, I know that I don't have to stop worrying about the maintenance of my mouth, right? It's, not, it's never done. It's never complete. And neither is our physical health. So 
you know, you could say, oh, you go to a chiropractor, you never stop going to a chiropractor. Okay. The way I look at it is once you uh, are informed about the ability to improve the overall physical and neurological health of your body, you realize, well, this might be something I want to continue to address, which is no different than, you know, eating healthy. It's not like you're going to ever ever achieve, oh, I had that world's healthiest meal. I should be done worrying about my nutrition and, and food choices. It's completely in the line of, of lifestyle behavioral uh, changes that, yeah, once your eyes are open to it, um, you'll probably want to continue doing it. And, you know, there's such a small percentage of the population that goes to chiropractors. It's estimates range anywhere from seven to 10% that, we're kind of like the redheaded stepchild of, of <laughs> medical intervention where mm -hmm. it's so few of us that actually go get chiropractic that when we know, you know, uh, aunt, crazy aunt Susie or <laughs> whoever it is that actually goes to a chiropractor and she's always going to the chiropractor. Why is she always going? Doesn't the chiropractor ever going to fix her? Well, no, it's about improving ongoingly her physical health. And that's why uh, crazy aunt Susie, for whatever reason, I picked that example <laughs> still goes to the she, chiropractor yeah she sounds pretty brilliant actually yeah, yeah. i yeah. like my aunt Susie. <laughs> yeah well i'm so glad you you have that as a response because the whole point of this show is to know that there's nothing quote unquote fixable like it's not just going to be this one-time fix like the one amazing meal healthy meal and that's it i mean we keep living we keep evolving things keep happening to us so being on top of it and if you find that chiropractic care is going to be an avenue for you, Dr. Scott is a great person to listen to what we're talking about right now. We're talking about chiropractic care and people have these ideas. You brought up uh, Aunt Susie, for example. What are other misconceptions that you are finding um, in your field? Gosh, uh, probably the one that that ends up frustrating me the most is that once you're injured that you're always going to be injured and what mm -hmm. i mean by that is certain people will come in with maybe a, a cartilage damage in their knee or say a torn labrum in their shoulder or better yet let's go with a herniated disc in your spine and then these patients will come in 20 years after they had that injury and they'll still be talking about how, Oh, I've got a herniated disc in my low back. So I can't do such and such. I can't, I gave up golf because I had that herniated disc and you know, I still, I still feel it from time to time. The thing is the misconception is these injuries, just because you visualize them on an MRI or on an X-ray or were diagnosed with it at one point, it doesn't mean that we can't rehabilitate that injury, improve the function to where it no longer has an impact on us. And I don't think most people realize that. You know, you can take a herniated disc and that disc can resorb. That disc can heal to where you've restored proper function to the area and you no longer are dealing with that issue. And, and like I said, I just don't think most people uh, are aware of that or, or behave that way. I could not agree more. I hear this all the time. I hear this with uh, clients and I also hear this with family members and letting people know that it's not the end all be all. We can overcome this. And it sounds like chiropractic care is a good way to do this. 
So just so you know, people, there are options. This is not the yeah. end all be all. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now, if you take an MRI of my lower back, you're going to see two herniated discs. You're going to see a condition called uh, retrolisthesis, which is basically a one of the segments in my spine had a, uh, an instability and it kind of shifted out of place. Um, so on MRI, you look at that and you'd say, oh my goodness, he's injured. You know, he's got a bad back. He shouldn't do this. He shouldn't do that. But I have zero pain in my lower back. I am limited in zero of the activities of my body. And what I do is I make sure that I, on an ongoing basis, uh, do specific exercises and, and working out that makes sure that even though I have uh, an, uh, a back that has gone through injuries in the past, I actually have a back of stability and safety. Because I'll tell you right now, I play uh, men's league uh, ice hockey. I work out with kettlebells on a regular basis. Uh, I am not afraid to take on new activities and movements because I know my body moves mm -hmm. very, very well even though I had injuries in my past, that it doesn't have to stop you going forward. And, and I think too many people are letting it stop them and they, they give up golf or they give up running or they give up these things that you really love doing. Uh, and mm -hmm. that's not okay with me. I, I agree. So if you're listening, um, there are activities, you can go back to them if you can actually learn more about your body, see how it's functioning and seek the right care to help you out. I want to go back. You mentioned something, you know, what actually scared you as an eight-year-old child, just knowing genetically everyone in your family was having bad backs. What do you say to someone that I get, I get that a lot. Oh, this runs in my family. So how do you handle or tell people when they feel genet genetically predisposed to a condition? How do you work with them or at least yeah. like mentally? Because you're right. I mean, in my head, when I, when I have a patient, she's 45 years old, she has hip pain, and she says, oh, my mom had hip pain too. In my mind, I'm just screaming, oh, this is bogus. This is so bogus. You would probably were not born with inherently deficient hip structures. Mm -hmm. More often than not, you sit too darn much. And you don't do Pilates or, or weight training or kettlebells or, or yoga or whatever it is on an ongoing basis and, and expand your physical control and movement and knowledge of your own body. And because of that, you have hip pain, just like your mom did, because your mom didn't do any of the self-maintenance or physical exploration uh, that... that she probably should have done. So more often than not, that's the way I'm thinking. I don't think most of us are born with deficient tissues. I mean, don't get me wrong, it does happen. Uh, but I think the vast majority of the cases are our lifestyle, our movements, our, our exercise choices or lack thereof just leads to um, problems. And, and it's that same thing. It's almost like, um, what is it? You know, people that get car sick. Mm -hmm. I feel like the only children that get car sick are children of parents that get car sick. It's almost like it's one of those learned behaviors. All right. And what I'm not looking to jump into is a, a hypothetical, hypothetical debate of does car sickness actually exist? Cause I'm sure it does, but I think there's a good percentage of it of, of where, 
when you were introduced to the idea, maybe your stomach didn't feel good because you, you ate, I don't know, a sandwich that had gone bad or, or a milk that had been left out too long. You don't feel good. You happen to be in the car and your mom says, oh, she's getting car sick just like I get or, you know, whatever it is. Um, um, so it's almost like it's learned behavior or, or you know, your shoulders hurting and my dad's shoulders hurt. Oh, we've got bad shoulders. I don't, I think for the most part, that's a bit of a bogus uh, uh, thought process to have. Got it. So it sounds like you're saying a lot of it is just programming, uh, yep. which you're tending to see. So I, I would agree with you about lifestyle choices. If your family and generations before them function the same way and have the same mentality that, oh, this is it. This is what happens. We've reached 40. And if that is carried through, it definitely is, I would agree, mentality and lifestyle. And then you're saying, just as an example, to add even to uh, motion sickness, because that could be pre-programmed and learned behavior. And then as adult, you've already been subjected to that. I think it can be heavily influenced by the power of suggestion. Yes. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. Oh yeah, it's the passionate health advocate dance break. Now get up and shake your thing. All right. We were talking earlier and you're talking about what we tend to see is that when someone gets injured, they avoid it. And you have a unique approach uh, to that with your chiropractic care. Did you want to speak more about that? Yeah, sure. So uh, one of the things that we see a lot of in our uh, in our society is what shoulder pain, neck or shoulder pain. And Uh, there's so many people that come into my office and I'll ask, well, you know, do you work out? Uh, And they'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I I throw some weights around. I don't, uh, I don't do anything overhead. uh, And I do my little uh, banded, uh, you know, external internal rotations sorts of things. And that's what I do because a physical therapist gave it to me 22 years ago. And, uh, (laughs) but yeah, I can still feel that shoulder issue and my neck is kind of tight too. So what I'm uh, um, suggesting could be at play here is, hey, there's probably some multiple dysfunctions of your upper body that are impacting uh, the ability of the shoulder to move well. So maybe your neck is a little bit too stiff into rotation to the one area. Maybe you don't even have any neck pain, but if you have a limited range of motion in your neck, that's going to inherently add to the stress and the compensation of your shoulder and shoulder girdle. So we've got one contributing factor, it's your neck. Now let's look at your thoracic spine, your rib cage, your ability to extend and rotate. More often than not, that's gonna be a little bit too stiff because what, we, we sit too darn much. So now we've got two contributing factors between the neck and the thoracic spine and the shoulder itself had whatever injury uh, that occurred to you 15 years ago or 20 years ago or, or whatever. And now as a result, you don't lift overhead or, you know, I don't, um, I don't reach for things overhead or, you know, whatever it is. So 
what I like to do is I'll actually look at what is the most dysfunctional movement as it relates to the shoulder. And sometimes it's shoulder motion itself. Sometimes, hey, uh, I try to lift my uh, arm overhead and it's more limited than the one side. So if we have a reduction in the range of motion of that shoulder, what I'm gonna look at is what core activation can we add to your body, to your core, to your shoulder girdle that actually will improve that shoulder range of motion? Okay, so, so let's say the right shoulder has limited flexion. That's the ability to, to reach all the way overhead. And what I'll have you do is lay on your back and maybe hold a kettlebell in your, in your left arm, in your unaffected arm. And maybe that's a 20, 25 pounds, something of, of substantial uh, uh, weight. And because you're holding that kettlebell, you really have to kind of inherently engage your core and your shoulder mm -hmm. girdle. So boom, you've engaged your core. And now go back and check that right shoulder flexion that was limited at the beginning. And now you might see, oh gosh, the range of motion has improved. The pain or discomfort has decreased. And I'm actually moving with better flexibility. So if that's what we find with you, that's your corrective strategy. So we would tell you, okay, hold a kettlebell, a 20 pound kettlebell in your left hand and do uh, 10 repetitions of shoulder flexion. After you do that, then we'll see, hey, can you, can you walk around with a 10 pound weight over your head with that same right shoulder? And we would do a, it's a version of a carry. It's an overhead carry where you hold that 10 pound weight and you walk around for 30 or 40 seconds, trying to make sure you have great posture and core control while your arm is overhead. So basically we look at number one, what's the dysfunctional movement? Mm -hmm. Do we find the core activation that actually uh, improves or decreases the dysfunctional movement? Then we, number three, we try to strengthen and reinforce that movement. And the more you do that, that rehabilitates that area. Those tissues helps you not only get out of pain, but really restore confidence uh, um, in that and, and resilience in that body part. Excellent. Okay. So you found a way to, you said the core movement. What happens if uh, they could not raise their hand above their head? holding the 20 pound kettlebell in the left arm. So you said and, if that was the result. So then that's not the right core activation. Okay. So maybe instead we're gonna have you, uh, you can actually flex the other hip. So if you lift your left leg, again, we're, we're assuming this person is laying on your back, mm -hmm. lift your left leg up two or three inches off the floor. Okay, that's gonna engage all sorts of hip flexure, flexion, uh, uh, stabilizers and activators. And then while holding that, then check the right shoulder flexion again. Was that the one that worked? And maybe that doesn't work. So then we'll find a third or a fourth core activation and, and what actually makes the difference for you in your inadequacies as far as how you're controlling and moving your body. Because I'll tell you how things are supposed to work is um, uh, when we do any movement, say reaching overhead, the mm -hmm. first thing that fires are your core stabilizers deep. You know, we were talking about multifidus, mm -hmm. transverse abdominis, uh, your diaphragm, all of those are firing first to create stability in the core and spine. And then number two, your movement-based muscles. So your deltoids and your lats and all those stuff that, that actually move the shoulder, those should move second. 
But what mm -hmm. happens when mm -hmm. we get in an injury, maybe we're in a motor vehicle accident, maybe we just have terrible posture, uh, whatever it is, it screws up that order of events. So the, when we go to reach overhead for that can of soup, um, the first muscles that fire are your deltoid, your bicep, your lat. As a result, those muscles are trying to create that stability and control that your body craves. Mm -hmm. And then you tell it to move and it's saying, no, 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 we're too busy hunkering down. And that's when you see people with the, the overly tight trapezius and, and scalenes. And sometimes it's lats, sometimes it's subscapularis. I'm going, I'm going a bit jargony, uh, <laughs> my anatomy terms at this point, but, but those are know, muscles people. Yeah. <laughs> the, the areas that we, uh, as body workers or chiropractors or manual therapists, that the areas that are always tense and tight on people. Mm -hmm. And you wonder why, gosh, I give them a, them a great massage or a great adjustment or, or whatever last week, and they come in this week and the same darn muscles are tight. Mm -hmm. Well, if that's the case, then probably we're looking at more of a software problem where how you control and move your body is, is inadequate. So during these corrective exercises, we find what is your dysfunctional movement and, and, and what can we engage and stabilize to give you that stability that your spine needs so that the rest of you can move awesome. Excellent. Yes. And you have the whole reset, as you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yeah. So you were talking about chiropractors being the redheaded stepchild. Uh, how is it, you know, there are listeners um, outside of the country and uh, where do you find your work? all over the world? Are they the redheaded stepchild everywhere or just in the States? Is this just in the States? I get, actually, I get requests. For, so first of all, chiropractic is definitely an American creation. Uh, okay. It was created in 1895 in Iowa. Um, and there are chiropractors in other countries, uh, you know, Australia, and I think it's New Zealand have uh, pretty good chiropractors. Uh, but many of the other countries out there do not have chiropractors. And on my YouTube channel, um, I get requests all the time for, hey, you know, are there, is there a good chiropractor in Iran? Or <laughs> is there a good chiropractor you can set me up with in Singapore? Is there a good chiropractor in India? And, and some of these places do have chiropractic. It's just way less frequent than you'll see in, in America. Uh, and some of these places do not. Like I believe, um, I believe England has chiropractic. I don't think Ireland does. Uh, again, I think Australia does. India has a few, but it's, it's gosh, it's all over the place as far as uh, uh, what countries have chiropractic and which ones do not. Got it. Okay. So, and I would imagine they'd have different governing bodies exactly. for the care. Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. Okay. But with technology and your YouTube channel, that could be international. So we have that. Yeah. Increasingly. Um, yeah. That's, that's, that's the hope is that it really does open the door to more people. Like, like I said, if seven to 10% of people in America get chiropractic, compare mm -hmm. that to the whole world. And there's so many people dealing with with pain and discomfort and, and limited activity that could really be helped. And, you know, even in the, 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 the more Western cultures, you know, we, we are turning to drugs and, and surgery uh, at way too high of a rate. 
And uh, more, more and more of the evidence is, is pointing to how conservative approaches like chiropractic can really help people get out of pain, improve function, and really restore physical health versus jumping into the more extreme uh, interventions like a, like a surgery or, or what have you. So right. yeah, we're definitely looking to, to improve our impact on the, the health and the well-being of the world going forward. Yes, definitely. So someone listening that happens to reside in the U.S., how would they be able to find a reputable chiropractor like yourself? Like, what does someone need to look for? Well, what ended up happening, so my my family lived in, uh, we lived in Florida, and recently we decided we really wanted to see some seasons, and we have two little girls, and we wanted them to uh, grow up in a different environment from, from the South Florida environment. So we moved to Tennessee and I had a practice in Florida for about five years. Um, and, and gosh, I just felt like I was leaving some of my patients high and dry when I left. So mm-hmm. I created a, a website. It's called mobility-forlife.com. That's the number four. And I've uh, created a provider locator list. Oh, excellent. Um, and it's free to, to jump on there. You do have to give your email address, but then you can access and see the free provider list. And uh, between the old patients in Florida and then the, the popularity of the YouTube page, we've gotten requests from all over the world. So we've gotten a point where we have uh, over 100 uh, providers on the list and you can find them anywhere from, from Singapore to, to Argentina to, to Texas. So, oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. So you can find, and most of these uh, providers that we have on the list, they're not just normal chiropractors. They're, they're what we call movement-based chiropractors where, yeah, we give you the adjustment and, and we deal with your spine and everything like that, but we really want to impact your movement going forward. Uh, so it's not just about pain relief. It's also about improving your overall physical health. And we tried our best to, to, get chiropractors that are in line with that thought process and uh, approve those ones for our mobility dash for life uh, provider list. Okay. So we're talking about, which is how you were describing the care that you provide. So it's a chiropractic with movement. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Excellent. And right now, if people wanted to work with you, you're now living in Tennessee, how could, could that happen? What are, what are you dealing with right now as probably in regards to services? Well, uh, yeah, if you're, if you're in the area or feel like making a road trip to East Tennessee, I'm at Alcoa Chiropractic Center, which is just, uh, just south of Knoxville. So you can uh, feel free to, to reach me there and get a hands-on treatment. But if you're not in the Knoxville area, we created uh, a special website and online class. It's called upperbodyhealth.com. And you could sign up for that and you'll learn how to assess your upper body movement and see how can you find the correct core activation that improves and reduces your, your dysfunctional movement and ends up uh, uh, getting you out of pain and making you feel good going forward. Nice. Okay. So if someone were to try that, what does that mean? Are they just going to be focusing on upper body or is this overall body? So upper body health is certainly, you know, there's, there's another course coming called lower body health. So we're certainly focusing on, think about from your belly button up Mm -hmm. (laughs) as far as upper body health, but we were going to look at uh, how your neck moves, how your shoulder moves, how your shoulder girdle, your thoracic spine and rib cage, and how uh, imbalances in those areas can, can lead to pain and dysfunction, uh, 
uh, with the upper body. So yeah, most of the people that are going to really benefit from this are people dealing with neck pains, uh, uh, shoulder pains, elbow pains, uh, mid-back stiffness, that sort of thing. Okay. And if, uh, let's say I wanted to try it, does that mean it's a video and I can do this on my own at home? Or is there somebody walking me through this? How, how does it Absolutely. work? Well, I'll be walking you through. So okay. I did create, uh, there's, there's uh, videos that I've created step-by-step step, and then there's, there's matching uh, documentation and explanation of everything. But of course, there's my email, uh, Dr. Hoare, that's D-R-H-O-A-R at mobility-forlife.com. Uh, and people can always ask me questions and I can point them in the right direction for whatever it is that they're needing to do. Okay. And so again, one more time, what is the, uh, the link to get on to that program, the upper body? So upperbodyhealth.com okay. uh, will get you right over to that course uh, so you can improve your upper body health. Okay. And that's for anybody dealing with those pains you were talking about, neck pain, mid, mid back, elbow, anything upper body related would be a good opportunity to check it out. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you so much. And you're, anybody can do it. Uh, you don't have a limitation. No, absolutely. It's for everybody. Okay. Excellent. All right. Well, this has been a very wide open viewpoint of chiropractic care and especially with the movement touch that you were talking about to help people reset and get out of pain even if they were diagnosed with something 20 years ago you seemed like living proof that you can still do what you love if you know more about your body and do maintenance keep doing the maintenance for the body and chiropractic if this resonates with you this sounds like a good avenue and dr scott Hoare can take you there Absolutely. Thank you so much, Denise, for having me. And, you know, thank you, thank you for spreading the word of, of how people can improve their health. I have obviously my methods of chiropractic and you have your methods, uh, but it really sounds like you're, you're bringing these positive messages to so many people and, and I'm sure it's making a, a great difference. So thank you so much for having me and, and thinking, thank you for doing what you do. Oh, my pleasure. Well, thank you. I love connecting with like-minded people because everything resonates with a certain person and we all have the ability to improve our lives. So I'm glad you're here to help with everyone's health and getting people out of pain and functioning better. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much. Before we go, I wanted to let you know that Dr. Scott is offering 20% off his upper body health video course to the first 20 people who sign up from the Passionate Health Advocate Show. All you need to do is go to upperbodyhealth.com and use the code DENISE20OFF. That is DENISE, D-E-N-I-S-E, all caps, 20-O-F-F. If you have any more questions, just look for the show notes and all of that will be written there. Enjoy. Thanks for joining the Passionate Health Advocate Show with your host, Denise DeShutler. Like what you hear? Then subscribe, rate, and review this podcast.